You're listening to The Occupational Philosophers with Simon Banks and John Rice. Hey, 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 welcome to The Occupational Philosophers, the not-so-serious business podcast to spark creativity, curiosity, and imagination. Now, this is just a little in-between episodes, the ones John and I do in-between our longer-format episodes to help us connect, explore, spray some inspirational glade and air freshener around the mind and the soul. Whoop, whoop, here we go. <laughs> Have you got this stuff written down? Are you, are you saving these up? No, John, I'm, air I'm, freshener I'm of the mind. I'm, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you just put me on a stage and you say, just go for it, and there, there it happened. I feel like a, a very ageing NWA or something or something like that, you know, just give me some lyrics and boom. Boom. There we go. You just lay it down, if that's what they say. Yeah, fresh. people. Fresh. Fresh tracks from the mind. Yeah. Fresh tracks from the mind, John. That is bussing. But hey. Man. Yeah. <laughs> bussing. Bussing. My kids have said that, so, you know. And I keep on okay, here. Okay, all right. Yeah, that's it. And I'm gassed. I'm really gassed to be here. Apparently, that's another one. Okay. Anyway, we digress, John. Yes. Hello. Yeah. What's got your curious eye this week, which is really the little piece we're going to talk about today? Well, Simon, it is rather lovely that uh, I'm seeing more and more about organisations trying to recruit chief philosophy officers. So alongside chief execs, chief operating officers, chief information officers, we are now seeing uh, job descriptions asking for people who might serve as a CPO. So there you go. Now, if you've been with us since the beginning, I think in our very first show, we spoke about, imagine if every workplace had an occupational philosopher. Now, I know we've had a big impact in a short amount of time, but really, this is the start of a movement. (laughs) This is the start of the movement, Simon. We're there. We've started to get some traction. Organizations are sitting up and taking note. And what I thought is we might just explore an amalgamation of some of those job descriptions I've been seeing, just to see some of the attributes, the skills, the knowledge that people are looking for, or organisations are looking for, from someone who might serve in such a role. So let, I'll, I'll kick things off. There's a great description in one of these, which is um, an organisation saying they've created the role of Chief Philosophy Officer to ensure our growth aligns with our purpose and values and that our decisions are taken consciously and deliberately. So it's a nice start there to say, which kind of doesn't surprise me that one of the aspects of a chief philosophy officer, most people would probably recognise that as somebody who might have sort of an eye on the values of an organisation and its purpose, the ethical stance or position of an organisation. So I kind of get that, but it goes on, it goes on. It, uh, It then says about, The CPO will be our in-house devil's advocate, tasked with asking uncomfortable questions which ensure our business success. And that second sort of sentence maybe goes then more to the broader idea that I would see and you would see is that ability for a philosopher that is asking questions, you know, how should we live? How should we work? What does a good organisation look like? What does good business look like? So it's ethical, but it's also a practice of asking questions that's really important about this role of a, an in-house philosopher. And I like that, our in-house devil's advocate. Mm. I like yeah. that. And look, I, um, organization I worked with, someone I met recently, she'd been given the title of 
something not dissimilar to that, not with a philosophy stance, but, you know, just sort of like calling out bullshit sort of. Yeah. <laughs> or something like that. It's, it's, and she said, look, I know it's a cheesy job title. And I'm like, no, that's a great job title. <laughs> something along those lines, like that in-house devil's advocate, the, the one, you know, ask the curly questions sort of role. Yeah, something along those lines, yeah. Yeah. And, of course, what's interesting is with that in mind, you start to then come back to the idea that we have, which is, well, can we – have employees at any level in an organization imbue some of these qualities or apply these practices. So anybody could be devil's advocate. It doesn't have to be the chief philosophy officer. Anybody can ask uncomfortable questions that challenge the business to go, you know, why are we doing this? Have we thought about that? That's something that we could all do as a daily practice, albeit maybe, or, you know, something that sits in the CPO role as well. Or, you know, did you really think about that outfit before you put it on? Because, come on, what are you saying about it? Like, uncomfortable question. Or, yeah. you know, so, did you know that every time you open your lunch with egg in it, we all feel sick? Like, uncomfortable question. Like, I think, perfect, CPO. <laughs> yeah. You could be like a vigilante CPO. Vigilante, <laughs> yeah, that's it. Fashion I police. I ask questions. The CPO won't ask. So. <laughs> I'm the one who asks questions. Yeah, exactly. Now, I, I like also from this, John, you will also champion deep work within our organization, ensuring that processes and environments enable creative and intellectual performance of colleagues. Mm. Boom. Mm. That sort of goes right to the heart of what we talk around every week with our episodes. What? How do you create that environment where, you know, I love intellectual performance, so creative and intellectual performance can thrive because let's say if you're, um, you're operating at 110%, John, which is spoken about in another episode, not physically possible, but metaphorically mind-boggling, are you being, are you allowing your best, even if you operate at 100%, where is that space for intellectual performance? You know, I mean, maybe it's operating at uh, 90% and uh, you allow that 10% time, easy to say, hard to do, but building for that, that's that time for that intellectual inquiry, that creative inquiry, that creative experimentation, asking those curlier questions that an in-house philosopher may ask. I wonder if there's just, just as you say that, and again, I think that's right, that, curiosity is the gateway drug into creativity you've got to be ready to ask curly questions etc and people feel comfortable that those questions are being asked so that they can then as, as it says here start to apply themselves more creatively and intellectually and bring about some rigor to their thinking some critical thinking as well as creative thinking but i wonder if sometimes that this appointing the role of a cpo kind of outsources the whole thing if that makes sense. Does it kind of sort of put it, ah, right, we've got someone over there to do that. And so does it let other well, people off the hook? I would wonder if that might happen. I'm not suggesting it would, but it's quite interesting to appoint someone rather than try to yeah. have it form it within the culture of the organisation more broadly. There you go. Yeah, and often I talk around, you know, innovation is that change which adds value. So any programme I'm involved with, Everyone should be doing it. Everyone should have their eyes open, be curious, problem-solving, constantly looking for ways to improve. Because let's take it a step further. If there was a chief creative officer, if a CCO went yeah. to an organisation, would you kind of go, hold a second, guys, let's be careful here that we don't then just appoint someone and hold them up as the 
custodian yeah. of creative thought, and everyone else goes, oh, mm. well, they'll, they'll think of the ideas. We don't have to worry about that. <laughs> yeah, so maybe the um, you reimagine that the chief philosophy officer provides this level of intellect and rigour, but they are trying to empower everyone mm. in the organisation to be asking great questions and, you know, what Why was, do you get that haircut? Like, difficult question. Looks. <laughs> you keep oh, going. You, you do. You, you got are, no respect. <laughs> you're definitely turning into more of a police officer rather than a philosophy officer. I have to say. Um, <laughs> let me just let me just come back to some of the other things that describe it. So again, it, it, look it, at it, yourself. <laughs> for God's sake, man! Pull those socks up. Straighten that tie. <laughs> Where's the CPO? Have a chat to this idiot. Bolt. <laughs> There's a statement there that talks about the ethical piece again, which is you will act as the yep. voice of the human and societal aspects in our product development, ensuring that ethical decisions are being made. And it's quite interesting as well there. That gives a sense of a lot of tech companies actually are really serious yeah. about this. They talk about product development and their platforms and how they're used, particularly those that are in a consumer space, you know, where things, yeah. you might have social platforms and things. They really do have to think about the ethics of this, that while we can do it, should we do it? So I think that's quite yeah. interesting for this, that this talks and about I, product development, which gives it that sense of it being a, a tech company here in, in mind. And I hear that a lot of uh, conferences I'm at around artificial intelligence, around the ethical decisions that are made around that and face recognition and you know, a whole bunch of different things. This the Yeah, so the perfect for someone who asks those difficult questions or those deeper questions now reading on about a little bit more about this john it says coaching colleagues across the organization as to decision making practices and models so yes i think what we were sort of flagging before has been uh, thought about in this yeah so it's going beyond just the ethics it's talking about how it wants to bring about creative thought rigor to the intellectual sort of thought processes in the organization critical thinking all of which leads to better decision making then they go on to say a little bit because I, I can see we're running a little short on time now which is because we've probably got a full episode in this we might have to come back to this topic but with it being an in-betweener so let's start to wrap up on this so preferred qualifications you know if you have got philosophy that's great related disciplines such as cognitive science economics or psychology clearly they want that business so a, mul well. a multi-format a multi-format player okay so this is key what we talk about someone who is open to all sorts of different influences and ways of thinking and ways of working and someone who's been at the university of life as my dad would say a really nice way to think around what's the type of people we want in our organization what are the type of questions we want to be asking how do we link what we do with ethics and purpose and values and also how do we reimagine some people who think when we talk around purpose and doing the right thing well what will that cost and as the research shows purpose and profit go hand in hand indeed well nice to explore that simon so i think we'll wrap yeah, up as an entertainer what we'll say as ever is uh rate us subscribe give us a review on that now we've just said that we've just said no no this is good like you've just said subscribe like do it now just open up your little iphone thing because so many people say oh i love the show gonna subscribe nobody does it so look, why are you listening now john yeah, he, look, he, he would light up his little face if he saw just one extra one. That'd be great. He's, you know, he's <laughs> and I need cheering up, don't I, Simon? 
It needs cheering up. He's in the UK. It's coming into winter. Come on, help that poor soul. Just one little, one little review. But as we always say, John, be curious. Have fun. Make stuff. Do something. Play more. Oh, play more. <laughs> play, more. play more. And date life.